Hey everyone, it's Noe Chavez here with session two of the Encountering Jesus Bible study. And last week we studied an amazing encounter, an amazing, um, you know, just encounter with Jesus um, where he was a 12-year-old boy and everything. And I would encourage you to go listen to that and uh, kind of follow along this journey as we go through it. Um, This comes from Lifeways Vacation Bible School 2019 curriculum in the wild. And so we're basically, again, the purpose of this study and in in these sessions are to get you ready and prepared for to teach and lead VBS, whether you're a student or maybe an adult listening to this, a college student, whatever it may be, to get you ready for VBS and to help, you know, to help you kind of grasp the content that we're going to be teaching the kids um, this summer at VBS. So if you know of someone who's doing In the Wild or doing that theme, you know, um, feel free to share this with them. Um, it'd be kind of awesome. Um, we got a loaded one today. Today, we're going to have or we're going to learn about the encounter at the river uh, based off of Matthew 3 verses 1 through 17. And so what kind of the main point that we're basically going to come out after today's lesson is going to be that Jesus is the Son of God. We're going to come with that conclusion. Um, and the in the memory verse, the theme verse for this session is John 1 verse 34. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Wow. And I'm super excited about this one. There's a lot I learned and I dug in deep. And so you'll get to hear some of that. You know, I take a lot of notes and everything. But it's pretty cool. Um, before we get started, obviously, we want to do this little kind of, you know, the theme is in the wild. So we want to do something that kind of has to do with the wild. So if, if, if you've ever watched the movie Up from Pixar, um, there's a scene where Russell is tracking down this snipe. Uh, Mr. Fredrickson kind of sends him off on a wild goose chase and everything. And uh, again, Mr. Fredrickson wanted to send him on a wild goose chase, but Russell ended up finding some tracks. And so he followed the tracks and then he found what he thought he was looking for, which was the snipe. And so I would encourage you to go look at that and kind of think about that. I, I think about this lesson as you watch that little clip. It's so funny, but it's it, it's amazing. And so this week, again, we're going to be looking at the amazing encounter with Jesus. Um, we're going to look at, not just today, but throughout these five sessions, again, this session too. But throughout these sessions, we're going to see that um, all these tracks, um, you know, all these encounters are kind of like tracks, animal tracks that point us to who Jesus really is. And it's, and it's important that we follow these tracks, um, we, but we should do so again for the right reasons. Um, we shouldn't follow Jesus just to, you know, follow a crowd or you know, trying to do the right thing, you know, because it looks good, you know. We should follow the tracks to Jesus so that we can know who he is, that we can believe in him um, and have eternal life and live with him forever, live for him forever. And it's pretty awesome. You know, there's some examples of, you know, in life, there are examples, All there are people everywhere who point us to Christ, um, point us to Jesus um, and for me personally, I think of my dad. Um, if I can be half the person that he is, um, if I can become half the person that he is, I, that would be incredible. Because I mean, he's the most selfless person. Um, he he um, he truly he truly lives out, you know, the gospel. I mean, he's gone on international mission trips. But even here, I mean, if he sees someone at Walmart and he feels led to go share the gospel, he's gonna go and do it. He's even shared the gospel when we've gone, when me and him have gone to a NASCAR race. 
there's this driver from Monterey, Mexico, about maybe three hours from where my dad grew up from. And uh, he's racing NASCAR full-time. And I was there for an autograph session. Dad got in line with me. And so dad was behind me. I obviously wanted to be first because I want him to sign my stuff, my little mini helmet I have of Daniel Suarez and all that. So he signed it. And then I wait for dad and everything, and uh, we get pictures with him. But after, as soon as we finish up our pictures, dad looks at him, shakes his hand, and is like, and, you know, just just gives him a verse. I, and I wish I could remember what verse it was, but he, he gives him a verse and tells him, hey, God's got you. And at that time, Daniel Suarez was a rookie. Um, he had just won an, X, uh, an Xfinity championship in NASCAR. And I'm like, Dad, you're in the gospel at a Talladega race? If you know anything about racing, Talladega is known for its wildness, like uh, people getting drunk. It's, uh, I've heard it says like Mardi Gras on steroids. And, and, you know, I've seen a little bit of that. Thankfully, I haven't been in the infield too much. Um, I just go to see the races. But to see Dad doing that is pretty awesome. And, and every morning uh, I wake up, uh, especially on the weekends, and he's there, he's reading the word, he's praying. I know he prays over each and every one of us, um, me, my mom, my sister, my brother. Um, I know he's praying just so, he prays so hard, and, and that's the kind of person I want to become. Uh, his life reflects Jesus Christ, and so, you know, maybe you have someone in your life who's pointed you towards Jesus, and uh, who's, um, you know, helped you build your relationship with Jesus, and that's pretty awesome right there. So again, if you... If you have that person and want to share, hey, send me a message. My, my, my text messages are always open, and you can obviously find me on any social media. But it's so cool. Well, there was one time, or that's, since the time that Jesus entered the world, you know, he's had, he had witnesses telling others about his identity and, and his mission. And one of the first one of those was John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. Um, John the Baptist pointed Jesus or pointed people to Jesus saying that he was the Son of God and the Lamb of God. And what's so cool is that John's mission was announced by the Old Testament prophet Isaiah about 700 years before he was born. God wanted people to know that his son, whom he had sent into the world in order to save, or in order to save it. Um, and we need to ask ourselves, you know, this question. Do I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior of the world? That's a good, that's a good question right there. Before we get started into our, our, our you know, lesson, I want to give you, again, some background and everything. Because um, I love to have you know, some background information and, and just you know, to kind of study better. That's kind of, that's how, that's kind of how I study the Word. Is I like to look back and see what just happened and where is this going. And so... You know, like I said, our lesson's going to be in, in Matthew 3, but in Matthew 2, uh, Matthew talks about the wise men visiting Jesus, King Herod's massacre of the children um, under two years old, and Jesus' return to Nazareth. Um, and then Matthew jumps to when Jesus is about to begin his ministry. So unlike last week where we saw, you know, we kind of saw the same events, you know, um, King Herod's massacre and Jesus' return and all that, um, which we saw, um, we didn't, or uh, I'm trying to find it. Let me find my notes real quick. Um, but, um, yeah, so in Luke, in Luke, you know, he gives us what happens when Jesus was 12 years old. Well, Matthew just jumps from, you know, the, the, when Jesus returned back to Nazareth as a, as a, as an infant to now, 
you know, he's about to begin his ministry. And uh, it also begins talking kind of about John the Baptist and everything. So a good question is, who's John the Baptist? Many of you have heard of him and everything. Um, again, John the Baptist was called by God even before he was born to help point people to Jesus. He was a wild man, um, no pun intended there, from the wilderness. Uh, he was, uh, But he was a leader that God expected his people to follow. And the people were to listen to his message and do what he said to do, even if they felt like they were on a wild goose chase. See, John the Baptist made straight paths for Jesus by calling people to repent of their sin and baptizing them. In his mission, he prepared for and pointed people to Jesus. And so that's what we're going to get into. And I did some little kind of research on it and everything, um, what John the Baptist, who he was and everything, um, his ministry... Um, his ministry, and I'll give you these verses, and you can look them up in your time, because I feel like we'd be here forever if, we, if I went verse by verse by verse out of all these, because there's a few, I think there's like 10 points, but um, his ministry, baptism, you can find more about that in Matthew 3, chapter, or Matthew 3, verse 6, um, his attitude, he was humble, he was a humble man, and we're going to get into that in a few minutes, and kind of dig into more of that humbleness attitude that he had, um, again, Matthew 3, verse 11, on that one. His wild clothing, um, he, you know, he had camel hair as his clothing, and that's pretty awesome. Um, Matthew 3, verse 4. What was his message? Repent. Repent was his message. Again, look in Matthew 3, 2 to, for more um, in-depth on that. Um, he fulfilled Old, prof- or Old Testament prophecy, and uh, you can see it in Matthew 17, verses 10 through 13, and Malachi, verses 4 or chapter 4, verse 5. You know, he was very similar to Elijah also, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, It's pretty cool. His role, his role was a prophet. And, and, you know, again, he was to prepare the way for Jesus in his ministry. Um, You can find that in Matthew 11, verses 13 and 14. And then we ultimately find out about his death, which he was beheaded. Um, that You can find that in Matthew 14, verse 10. See, prepare the way for the Lord. That was, you know, that was his mission. Um, and wild food, wild food, you know, he ate wild food, you know, locusts and wild honey and all that stuff. Again, you can find that in Matthew 3, 4. It's pretty awesome. Um, again, John's mission was announced by the Old Testament prophet Isaiah about 700 years before, uh, before um, John was even born. And I referenced Isaiah 40, verse 3 earlier. Now I'm going to read it to you. Actually, I have it in front of me. A voice crying out, Prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. So, that's pretty awesome right there. Um, and so, let's start getting into this encounter. Uh, Matthew 3, or, yeah. I'm going to read, uh, let's see if I can find it in my Bible. Um, Matthew 3 verses 1 through 17. So we're going to go through 17 verses in this session. Um, It's going to be pretty awesome. It's going to be amazing. Again, I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. and You can find those at Lifeway or Lifeway.com since the Lifeway stores are going to be closing soon. But, you know, you can find them at Lifeway.com or use whatever whatever translation you're, um, you're used to. Whatever translation works best for you. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, 
a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Now John had a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then people from Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the vicinity of the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore produce fruit consistent with repentance. And don't presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that God is able to raise up children for Abraham from these stones. The axe is already at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the shaft he will burn with fire that never goes out. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me? Jesus answered him, Allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. When John or when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heaven suddenly opened up for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So, wow, a lot of things happened there. Um, a lot of, you know, amazing things. And again, we're going to pack it down and we're going to, you know, look verse by verse by verse on that. Um, so starting with verse 1, it goes, In those days John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness of Judea. So in those days, I like to ask myself, well, when was those days? So this was during the time of Jesus' residence in Nazareth. Remember, Jesus, kind of his little hometown was Nazareth. The location of John's ministry, the wilderness of Judea, is reminiscent of the ministry of the prophet Elijah. Uh, many Jews believed, actually, that Elijah would appear again to prepare the way for the Messiah. And you can find that in Matthew 17, verses 10 through 13, and, and read that on your own. Verse 2 says, And saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. So again, he was preaching repentance, repent, abandon the sinful lifestyle, and express sorrow for sin. And then in verse 3, we read, For he is the one spoken to through the prophet Isaiah, who said, A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Again, this is an Isaiah 40 verse 3 reference right there, and I find it is so cool right there. And then coming up next, we have verse 4. Now John had a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist. This is a good description of him, of, of John, and, and kind of what you know his characteristics, his characteristics were. And his food was locusts and wild honey. So what's interesting, again, people thought that Elijah was going to come and prepare the way for the Messiah. And they thought John could be him. After all, John's garment was similar to Elijah's. 
And actually, we find that, um, you know, we have we find a description in Second Kings one eight, um, a description of Elijah and what he wore. So this is from the Old Testament. Listen to what it says uh, again. Second Kings verse one, or chapter one, verse eight. They replied, "A hairy man with a leather belt around his waist." So you can see the very the kind of resemblance right there. Again, it's so pretty awesome. Uh, it's pretty awesome to see that. And then verse 5, the people from Jerusalem, all Judea, and the vicinity of Jordan were all going out to him. So people from everywhere were coming to see John the Baptist, seeing what he had to say and everything. Um, seeing, you know, what you know, what was all this about? Verse 6, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Again, John preached a uh, preach repentance, you know, repent, turn away from your lifestyle, um, your sinful lifestyle. And then this is the part where it got a little bit confusing for me and I had to do some research and, and you know, study the word and pray about it. Verse 7 through 9. When he saw many of the Pharisees and saw the seas coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, produce fruit consistent with repentance. And don't presume to say to yourselves, Well, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that God is able to raise up children for Abraham from these stones. Okay, so what in the world does that mean? Um, first, kind of get to know who, who each person is or what each group is. So the Pharisees were the largest and most important Jewish religious group. Um, they controlled the synagogues and exercised great control over the population. The Sadducees were aristocratic, were kind of an aristocratic party, almost like a political party um, of high priestly families. Um, they had charge of the temple and accepted only the the first five books of the Old Testament as authoritative. So they only, you know, they only believed in the in what Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy said, um, which is interesting. John knew that the Pharisees and the Sadducees had no intention of confessing their sins um, because they presumed um, that descent from Abraham guaranteed that they would escape God's wrath. So I find that really interesting. So they thought that because they were direct descendants from Abraham, they would be able to escape God's wrath. And obviously that is not true. Um... And we'll we'll go in in a future session. We have we actually study uh, a verse that says where Jesus says, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." Again, that'll be probably uh, session four, I believe. So stay tuned for that one soon. In verse ten, again, another interesting kind of I can almost picture it in my mind. So here we go, verse ten. The axe is already at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So, you know, you think about it, just like an owner of an orchard, you know, um, lays the axe to trees that don't produce fruit, you know, so so will God. Uh, he will punish those who fail to produce fruit consistent with repentance. Um, fruit in the word, you know, represents good works that result from a miraculous inner transformation. Um, again, just so interesting right there. Um and a good reminder to, you know, always be living for him and always be producing fruit for him. Um, if Jesus has changed us, then we should be out there producing good fruit, uh, sharing the gospel, you know, um, pointing p- people to him. Just just stuff like that. 
Verse 11. This is John talking. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So here's an interesting thing, and an interesting historical thing. I'm a big history buff. So Hebrew slave owners were prohibited from making their slaves take their sandals off. I mean, that, that was, I mean, even the slaves didn't do that. And yet, you see, John himself saw himself as unworthy to perform for Jesus the very task that slaves were spared from, from doing, from performing. You see, John's, uh, John was humble. And uh, in my study little booklet, I wish y'all could see it, um, but there's a little chart. It's got Jesus. It's like, a, it's like one of those little um, box charts. You have Jesus on the bottom, and then you have John the Baptist. You could place your name right there. Um, John 3.30, there's this amazing verse. He must increase, but I must decrease. And so, you draw a line from Jesus going up. At the same time, you know, your name is up at the top, and you're drawing a line going down. You know, that's... We should humble ourselves to that point where... And that should be our, our, you know... Our desire that Jesus increases in our lives and that we would decrease and lay down our lives um, and point people to him, not point people to us. Um, John knew that Jesus was the Messiah. Uh, John's baptism was a public expression of repentance, but his baptism could not change a person's heart. Uh, Jesus baptized with, with, uh, the repentant with the Holy Spirit, transforming them from the inside out. You see, Jesus transforms us from the inside out. And baptism is a symbol of that, of the decision we've made to follow him. Also, it is interesting to say that Jesus would also baptize people with fire, which is a reference to the divine judgment against unrepentant sinners. And then verse 12, another interesting, I can almost, I can picture it in my head. If I can picture it in my head, like I can understand it very well. Um, his winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will clear the, his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the shaft he will burn with fire that will never go out. So first thing I'm questioning there is, what is a winnowing shovel? Again, just Googled it and did some research on it. A winnowing, sh- a winnowing shovel is a tool that was used to toss grain into the air. And so the wind would blow the useless husk called shaft, aside while the heavier grain kernels fell to the threshing floor and then you know all the shaft would be gathered up and burned so see john was talking about a judgment where all people would be sifted basically um god's followers would be preserved just like the you know the heavy grain kernels and non-followers would be gathered for punishment eternal punishment you know they would be the shaft and everything um, just like verse 12 says, the fire will never go out, so will the fire in hell never go out. God's punishment against unrepented sinners is eternal, is eternal. And so again, the tracks leading to John the Baptist in this passage don't stop with him because it was his mission from God to prepare people for Jesus and appoint them to Jesus. 
And you know, it's interesting. People only recognize their need for a Savior. They only recognize their need for Jesus when they see they need saving. You know, if you need to be saved from something, it's usually at a time of... Uh, you know, I think about, you know, if you're swimming and everything, and if you're swimming okay, you don't need a Savior. You're swimming good. It's when you start to sink or, or start to drown that you need a Savior. And see, you know, we only recognize that we need a Savior when we see that we need saving. John the Baptist called on people to repent, confess their sins, and be baptized. John also made people understand that Jesus was greater than him. Again, John was a humble person. That was one of his characteristics um, that really stood out to me. Um, something I need to work on. Um, people from all over the region, again, came out to the wilderness to see him and be baptized. Um, even the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders would, who would later oppose Jesus came out to him. But John the Baptist still pointed to the one who would come after him. Um, John the Baptist was clear with everyone that he was not the promised Messiah, but that he was his forerunner, and that and he said that Jesus must increase, and he, John, must decrease. Again, we talked about that a few minutes ago. A, an incredible attitude to have, and an attitude I need to have way more in my life, and I'm praying for. And so, why, I think about this question: Why is it important that we point people to Jesus and not ourselves? And, you know, you think about it. What can we do to save people? Nothing. You know, we God's given us these amazing talents and everything, and we should use them to point people to Him. Um, for example, you know, I've been in for this, uh, for VBS this year, been working on a video project, music videos and all this stuff. Um, I was sharing the gospel video. And you see how... You know, it's I'm I'm using that as a platform to point people to Jesus because hundreds of kids are going to see these videos, and my prayer is that they would be like, "Oh, look what I can do one day." And so, you know, it's important to point others to Jesus, point to them. You know, these songs have an incredible message, um, and one of those songs may touch them at the right moment, and God may use those songs to to um, you know convict a child and tell them hey i need jesus in my life and everything which would be pretty amazing um and that's something i pray for this summer at vbs so next up we go to the encounter this is the big encounter right here um verse 13 and 14 the baptism of jesus so then jesus came from galilee to john at the jordan to be baptized by him Again, Jesus and his family still lived in Nazareth, in Galilee at this time, which is, you know, Jesus' hometown. I still live in Cleveland, my hometown, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, but it's so awesome to see that Jesus, um, again, just a regular guy, you know, just, but, you know, he's 100% man, 100% God. And so we, we're about to start seeing the 100% God side of him, um, which is pretty awesome. Verse 14, but John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me? You know, he's kind of questioning it. Um, John tried to stop him because he recognized Jesus was far more superior than John was. John knew that he himself needed Jesus and his baptism. 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, but he also understood that sinless Jesus did not seek water baptism as an expression of repentance. Again, Jesus never sinned. So why would Jesus want to be baptized? And we'll get into that in a few moments. Verse 15 says, Jesus answered him, Allow it for now, because this is the way for us to, f- to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. So Jesus explained that baptism was essential to his perfection. If you think about it this way, if Jesus had refused to participate in John's baptism, Jesus would have been seen, would have kind of seemed like a rebel rather than the one who came to fulfill all righteousness. Um, Jesus wanted to obey his father and he was baptized in order to identify himself with God's righteousness cause among the people that he came to save. Um, and uh, I'm trying to see, let's see if I can find this real quick. Yeah, Jesus wanted to fulfill all righteousness. Uh, Jesus' baptism was not about bathing and certainly not to cleanse himself of sin. Again, because Jesus was perfect. But, which baptism cannot do anyway. Let me just point that out. Baptism does not wash away your sin and baptism cannot save you. It is a symbol of your change and your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. And so Jesus wanted to set an example. See, Jesus' obedience to God the Father and being baptized by John meant that Jesus would remain perfect in his righteousness so that he um, so that he could die for our sin and give us his perfect righteousness. Verse 16. When Jesus was baptized, he, or he came up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened up for him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. So, you read throughout Scripture that a dove was associated with the Spirit. Um, and there's many examples of that. Um, and I would encourage you to look for them. Um, but it's pretty awesome to see, you know, you picture that, you know, Jesus was baptized and the Spirit of, a, you know, the Spirit of God comes as the form of a dove. And it's amazing. Verse 17, I love this. Uh, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. In this verse, God clearly identifies Jesus as his son. And so, you know, think about it. Jesus' obedience and baptism in his earthly life thus far led God the Father to speak out in praise for his son. The Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus who spoke about who Jesus is. Um... The encounter with Jesus at, at his baptism gives us a picture of the persons of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, which is the foundational doctrine or belief in the Christian faith. Um, and uh, it's pretty awesome. Again, there is, there is one God. The one God exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Also interesting to note, the word Trinity is not mentioned anywhere in the Bible. See, all of these tracks in this encounter with Jesus at the river point to Jesus as the Son of God. See, John the Baptist, God the Father, God the Spirit, 
all wanted to all wanted people to know that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing we can have life in His name, eternal life in His name. That's a reference to our our theme verse that that kind of captures this whole theme um, of in the wild encounters with Jesus, John twenty thirty one. You know these. These, you know, these encounters, these these amazing things that Jesus did that are written here, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing you can have life in his name. And you know, you think about if you're listening to this, my prayer is that you have a relationship with Christ. But if you you know but if you don't, I would I would say pray about it, you know, and it'll change your life. If you have already trusted Jesus as your Savior and Lord, then consider some ways, think about some ways that you can make tracks to point others to Jesus. Um, and it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Pray about that. And so we're kind of at the end of our lesson. So I want to give you these four little statements, uh, you know, that kind of summarize everything up, kind of, kind of close it up and, and kind of what we talked about in today's session. Number one. John the Baptist's mission was to prepare people for Jesus and to point people to him. Number two, preparation for Jesus involves calling on people to repent from sin. Number three, Jesus was baptized to obey the will of his Father. And again, we talked a lot about you know obeying God's will and all that last week in last session. So I'd encourage you to go listen to that if you haven't already. Number four, God the Father... And God the Holy Spirit want people to know Jesus is the Son of God. And so again, I'm going to read some possible, you know, applications or responses that you can do, you know, that you can apply to in your life um, from from this session. You know, again, maybe I said, maybe you haven't trusted in Jesus as your Savior and Lord 100%. Maybe you have trouble with that. Believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that we can have life in His name. Eternal life. Jesus offers life to us. He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Um, it's amazing. Again, if you want to talk with someone, my, my text messages are always open, my inbox, email, social media, message me anywhere, and I would love to talk to you more about that. Um, again, it, Jesus changed my life, and it, it's been incredible. Another response could be, um, as a believer, being baptized in the name of the Father, or of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, if you haven't already. Um, again, that's another possible response. Number or another response could be, pray for God to show any sin in your life in which you need to repent. You know, there are lots of temptations in this world. Lots of you know, we sin every day. I mean. It, it's it's amazing, but and yet God died for that sin, and so don't hold on to it, you know, and don't keep on going towards it. Pray that God would take that sin away, that He would take away that sin away from your life, and that you'd be free from that sin. Again, that could be another possible response for you and what you're going through. Or or the fourth one, find ways to point others to Jesus as the Son of God. You know, I told you a little bit earlier how I, you know, use my video talents and everything to help point others to Christ. Maybe it's cheer, maybe, or maybe it's, you know, sports, um, or whatever, clubs, whatever it may be. Use whatever talent God has given you. Use that. Maybe, maybe you're an adult Listen to this. God's put you in the workforce. He's put you there for a reason. You're on mission for Him. 
Find ways to point others to Jesus. Again, you know, people watch you all the time. You know, you got to not only have to, you know, talk the talk, but also walk the walk. If, if you're a Christian and a Christ follower, people should be able to look at you, look at me and be like, that's a Christian. That's a Christ follower. And if they can't, or if they're like, eh, then there's some changes that need to be made. Um, but again, you know, live your life for Jesus and uh, find ways to point others to him. Share the gospel. God wants everyone God's not inclusive about who he, you know, about a certain group that he wants. You know, he said, Jesus said, go out into all the nations. All the nations. And so that should be our our desire to, to connect with people. To go out into our community, to go into our world. It may be just the school, you know, our school. It may be. Our neighborhood, it may be, you know, God's calling us on, to the mission, international mission field one day. Whatever your world is right now, pray about how you can spread the gospel in that in that place where God has put you right now. But, again, thank you for listening to this session, for this session two of the Encountering Jesus Bible Study. And I can't wait to share next week's lesson. It's going to be amazing. Uh, these encounters are super, super amazing, and I've learned so much, and hopefully you have too. But I'm going to end this session with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today, Lord. And thank you so much for um, proving that Jesus really is your son. And thank you so much for that amazing encounter. I can only imagine what it must have been like to be down at the river and to, to see the heavens open up and, and the dove come down on Jesus and you saying, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased. Wow, what an amazing encounter that 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 must have been um thank you for sending your son jesus to live a life uh, a life of perfect obedience lord and thank you so much for that uh, i pray that you would help me that you would help us whoever's listening to this that you would help us follow the tracks that you've laid out to follow jesus and and that we would lay tracks to point others to him lord may our lives reflect um reflect what you have called us to do to go and share the gospel and to share these encounters with people so that they can have life in his name i thank you so much for this session and just thank you so much for what you've taught us and what you've taught me and lord may we go out right now and share the gospel and share what we've just learned in the name of jesus christ i pray amen